Welcome to Ministry by Mail, a weekly sermon publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confession. Our sermon for the 16th Sunday after Pentecost is by Pastor Nathan Pfeiffer of Berea Lutheran Church in Invergrove Heights, Minnesota. Our theme is The Savior's Stalwart Stewards, based on the text of Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Among the good and perfect gifts which the Father has given us, chief among them is his Son, Jesus Christ, and his Holy Word in which he reveals his Son to us. We continue with the reading of that Holy Word as Jesus brings us a parable. Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Jesus also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So far, God's holy word. Pastor, I don't get this parable at all. Are we supposed to buy friendship with people? And if we're able to buy friends with money, what does it mean that they will welcome us into heaven? Two months ago, I was visiting with one of our members in their home, and this dear woman had been reading her Bible, and she came across this section of text from Luke 16, and she said, what does this mean? And it wasn't as though she didn't know her Bible. She had been trained as a Christian day school teacher, She had taught her children at home about Jesus and spent a lot of time digging through her Bible. 
And yet she got to this parable and it didn't make any sense to her what exactly Jesus was telling her. Does it make sense to you? Let's remember a couple of things about a parable. Our simple definition of a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's Jesus using things that would happen here on earth to teach us a truth about heaven itself and God's kingdom. When we study parables, it's important that we remember that Jesus is trying to teach us one point in that parable. For instance, next week we'll hear the parable about the rich man and Lazarus. And in that parable, you have the rich man in hell talking to Abraham in heaven. Jesus isn't teaching us that we can talk to people in hell while we're in heaven. That's not the point of that parable. So it is with all of Jesus' parables. There's one point he wants to teach as he uses this story. So we don't want to get sidetracked from that one point. The earthly story this morning deals with a man who was a manager of the possessions of a rich man. Another name for a manager is a steward. When I think of stewards, I think of Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph was the manager of Potiphar's household. He was a steward of that home. He was in charge of all of Potiphar's possessions. They weren't his own. And Joseph carefully took care of those things that belonged to Potiphar. Joseph was a faithful steward. The steward or manager in our parable, however, Jesus says, was not faithful like Joseph. He was accused of wasting his manager's master's possessions, and he's about to get fired for his unfaithfulness. This leaves a man in a tough spot. He says he's not able to dig, and we don't know if that's because he's too lazy to do hard labor, or physically he can't carry it out. Either way, he's not up to farming. Likewise, he's too proud to beg for alms. So he comes up with a plan, a plan that's referred to as shrewd, that is sly or cunning. He goes to those who owed his master something. One owed his master a hundred measure of oil. Think about 600 gallons of olive oil. He tells the man to change his bill so that it only says 50 measures of oil. In other words, he takes 50% off that bill. The second man owes his master about 100 measures of wheat. Think about 600 bushels of wheat or maybe 36,000 pounds of wheat, if that's more helpful. The steward tells this man to take 20% off his bill and write 80 measures on this bill. So if you were one of those two people, how would you feel? If you had a debt that you had to pay back, and someone comes along and cuts 20% off or 50% off, how would you feel about that person? You would be, pardon the pun, indebted to that person. You'd be so thankful that he alleviated part of your debt that you would be looking for ways to return the favor later on. And that's the manager's plan all along. Verse 4, I've decided what to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. This was his sly plan, not to get back at his former master. But he's doing this to make sure he's taken care of in the future. He's looking ahead. 
This plan is so shrewd, so cunning, so wise, that his former master was impressed when he found out about it. It was a shrewd plan in hopes of making friends. Jesus says that's how this world works. The businessmen and women of this world are always looking for a way to get ahead, always looking to take advantage of situations. Billionaire Warren Buffett calls intelligent investment. Donald Trump calls it the art of the deal. Businessmen and women are always looking to make the most of the situations they find themselves in to benefit themselves later on. So still, we're left with a question, well, what is the point of this parable? What is Jesus trying to teach me, his disciple? Well, one thing he's not trying to tell you, not trying to teach you, is to cheat your former employers so that they suffer loss. That's not the point of the parable. Remember, we want to look for one key point that Jesus is trying to teach us, and we find that in verse 9. Jesus says, I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. Jesus is talking about how we use our possessions in this life and in this world. All of us have been given something. We might have a little bit of money, or we might have a lot. You might have just that widow's mite in your piggy bank at home. Or you might be like the rich man in the parable, that you have so much money you need to hire somebody else to manage it for you. Regardless of those amounts, whether it be a little or a lot, the source is the same, isn't it? Proverbs 22, 2 says, Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. As the children of Israel get ready to enter the promised land, Moses reminds them, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. And we heard earlier from James 1 that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So think of all your possessions that you have, whether it's in a bank, in your bedroom, in a toy chest. All of those possessions are traced back to the Father of lights, the giver of those gifts. So the question before us is, how does God want us to use the things he has given us? Again, we go back to those peculiar words of verse 9, where Jesus says to use the unrighteous wealth to make friends that they may receive you into eternal dwellings. So again, that woman's question echoes in my mind, what does that mean? Well, again, what it doesn't mean is you can't buy your way into heaven. Scripture is clear on that. Heaven is a gift. One for you by Jesus, given to you as got by God's grace through faith in his Son. But what Jesus talks about here in verse 9, he talks about elsewhere in Scripture. In Luke 14, listen to what he says. When you give a feast, invite the poor, 
the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Solomon writes in Proverbs 19, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. Our Savior gives us our possessions so that we can provide for ourselves and our family with our daily bread. But he also gives us those possessions to help others, for the good of others. Great or small, large or little amounts, he calls on us in verse 10 to be faithful with those things or to be stalwart stewards. Being a faithful steward of the possessions God has given us means we're going to be willing to share with those who have needs, including the poor who can't pay us back. In doing so, you will be making friends. Friends who will thank Jesus for your generosity and your kindness, things you have done for them. Friends, Jesus says, who will welcome you with joy in heaven. Again, this is something Jesus talks about in Matthew 25. He says, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Whether it's something small like a cup of cold water or like our parable offering to cut someone's debt in half for them, in using the things of this world to care for other people, who is it we are really serving? It's our Savior who gave us all these things in the first place. So whether little or big, Jesus calls on us to be faithful stewards, using the possessions we have in such a way that we will be friendly to others with our charity. You ever heard the story of how someone in Southeast Asia figured out how to trap a monkey? He got a jar with a large bottom and a narrow top. He stuck that jar in the ground and then put a piece of fruit in there. And a curious monkey would come along and he'd stick his little hand into the opening of that jar, grab that piece of fruit, but he'd have a problem. He couldn't pull it out because his fist was now bigger than the opening of that jar. Now you would think, well, let go of the fruit and you can just walk away, but the monkey wants that fruit so bad that you can just walk up and throw a net over the monkey and capture him live that way. Because the monkey is unwilling to let go of that piece of fruit he found in that jar that he wants so much. We don't like to let go of the possessions God has given us either. We have it clenched in our fists and are afraid if we let it go, we'll lose it forever. And so Jesus warns us in our text at the end, verse 13, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Money is not the root of all evil, but the love of it certainly is. When we think about the possessions our Savior has given us, he calls on us to use them to make friends with, not to greedily hold on to it and never let go. 
And as you think about the things God has given you, don't forget the greatest possession of all. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Jesus was the perfect steward, faithful in all the work the Father gave him to do. His whole life was a life of faithful service, a life free of sin, always loving his neighbor, always loving his God above all things. And he was faithful even unto death, even the death of the cross. Faithful Jesus came to you, and he said, What did you owe my master? But Jesus didn't just cut your debt to God by 20% or 50%. No, Jesus paid it all. He took your debt on himself, on the cross, and he paid it in full and cleared your record forever. Jesus, who was rich and had the riches of heaven, opened his hand and shared those riches with you, giving them to you as a gift by faith. You are forgiven. You're forgiven the sins of loving your money more than God and your sins of selfishness that made you unwilling to use your money to help others. Remember when the unjust steward cut the bill in half and he cut the bill by 20%? We said, well, how would you feel if that was you? You'd feel indebted to that person? Well, Jesus has cleared all your debt away. And he's given you the riches of eternal life. He's filled your spiritual bank account with his righteousness. And now heaven is yours through faith in him. And that, dear brothers and sisters, are the true riches you have been entrusted with. The riches of the gospel. As stalwart stewards of the Savior, share those treasures. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And by sharing the riches of heaven through the gospel, we will make friends for all eternity. May God the Holy Spirit help us to be faithful in the little things our Savior has given us and the true riches of his kingdom found in his gospel. Amen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This has been a publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confessions Ministry by Mail. For more information, visit clclutheran.org. For print copies of this or other sermons, please visit lutheransermons.org.